We have too much power not to be accountable. In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power, Green Lantern's light. Hello and welcome to episode 537. This is a previews and reviews episode. And we're going to do a little review of some Green Lantern comics. Starting with Green Lantern Annual 1996. This would have been Volume 3, Number 5 of Green Lantern Annuals. While chasing a Baruki gun cruiser... The Green Lantern, Rock Aranya, gets stuck, struck by a yellow blast and falls to the planet Zalith. Ta, a messenger of the conference house of Metro 9, sees the falling lantern and goes to his aid. Aranya passes on his ring and battery to Ta, who returns to Metro 9 with the stranger's gift. Eventually, Baruchus attack the defenseless planet, and Ta urgently presents his new power ring and battery to Congress. The Congress, however, decides to get rid of the weapon because they believe that no one should have more power than the many. They entrust Ta with the task of disposing of the battery by throwing it into the acid sea. However, he rejects their beliefs and embraces his power becoming an individual more powerful than the many. But on top of that, he becomes a hero and fights the Baruki alone. The people of Metro 9 want Ta to become their leader, but he tries to teach them the value of individuality. However, the happy mob won't listen to him. Years later, after Metro 9's reconstruction, Ta reluctantly stands at their, as their king, with the people consulting his wisdom instead of deciding for him themselves. This is a fun story. <laughs> Meeting a very interesting Green Lantern. A very goofy character. Would you just lay down then? Come on, quit moving around. Uh, this... The cover page says Legends of the Dead Earth. But basically we get get to see a lantern being wiped out by a yellow weaponry again. And which happens a lot in the ones I've been reading lately. And we get an interesting little character in a world that doesn't believe in anybody having any power over anybody else and just focusing on all equality which is a nice thought but when you're invaded and no one does anything and you feel you shouldn't react on things a lot of people are going to get wiped out because of it uh the tie character has some different beliefs and thinks everybody should be able to show their abilities and anything they are good at and focus on stuff like that. 
and that way making people unequal and that way you got people that can benefit your world in many different ways and it's just a fun look at that type of atmosphere and different characters and seeing what a character can do if he thinks above and beyond what he's forced to believe and think for himself about his environment and his fellow man and women and taking things into his own hands to try and help out his world but sadly a lot of innocents have to get killed before they learn from this stuff and it just yeah it's like i said i've been reading a lot of green lantern stories lately where lanterns have been dying and the ring's been passed on so it's they're good stories, but it's kind of a bummer seeing some of these characters that end up not being around anymore that I would have liked to have seen go a little further. But then we checked out Green Lantern Corpse Quarterly. We checked out number one and number two. I also have number five and number seven, but I didn't read five and seven because I want to get number three and four and six before I do that, and number eight, it looks like it was an eight-issue run for the Green Lantern Corpse Quarterly. And this was done back around 1992. But the first one, various members of the Green Lantern Corpse are featured in this double-sized, and these are nice double-sized books. I guess they came out like three months apart each time or so. But they are nice and thick get like four stories for each one i think or roughly four stories but uh in the lead story laying down the law a new green lantern is the only member of the corpse who can tame a planet of the toughest baddies in the cosmos written by john ostrander with art by flint henry in the backup stories, Alan Scott returns in And I Shall Shed My Light by Roger Stem, Dusty Abel, and Steve Mitchell. Gnort has his first solo adventure by Scott Lobdell and Joe Statton. Whatever happened to question mark. Explores the fate of Arisia by Jared Jones, Tim Hamilton, and Gary Yap, and Doug Mench and Paul Galassi provide a story about a new Green Lantern on a warrior planet. And it's fun because they kind of like had start this out with the Green Lanterns looking at the big Oa Green Lantern book that has past, present, and future information about Green Lanterns. And they're learning some interesting things along the way while they go through these books. And it was really fun. It pulled me in and it was nice having the multiple mm-hmm. stories. And it's like, okay, these stories are going to, some of them are going to go on in future issues. So I'm like, yeah, I want to read them all and see where it goes. How are you doing, Warner? 
just can't get comfy, can you? And then the second issue, where Alan Scott, the Golden Age Green Lantern, runs afoul of one of Hal Jordan's foes, Hector Hammond, who seems to have killed Scott's pal Dolby, Dolby, or Dolby Dickles. Written by Roger Stern, with art by Dusty Abel and Steve Mitchell. In backups, Gnort tries to impersonate Hal in a story by Scott LaBelle. Joe James and Andrew Papoy. The History of Sector 2814 debuts by Jared Jones, Tim Hamilton, and Gary Yap. Doug Mensch, Paul Galassi, and Bob Dvorak bring the trouble with yellow. And in two-minute warning, a Green Lantern confronts the 24-hour limit by Mark Wade, Ty Templeton, and Al Gordon. But yeah, these are all good stories. Very enjoyable. And interesting little twist on things. And just I love the two-minute story. It was probably one of my favorites there. Where he has two minutes before his lantern runs out of power. And he's got to figure out how to use it before he has a use... Or not his lantern. His ring runs out of power. And he tries to find ways to beat the time. And it's just fun to see what he does to finally make it work out for him so yeah those are a blast so check those out green lantern corpse quarterly and i'm gonna pick up the last few i need so i can finish off that run because i definitely want to read them all so get your hands on those if you can looks like 1992 through 1993 was roughly when they put well it looks like they did them all in 92 but it seemed like they were about 12 weeks apart for each one so you would think that would have took them into 93, but yeah. And the last one, number eight, has Lobo on the cover, so I definitely want to read that storyline. <clears throat> but check those out, and we will get back to you after this with some fun previews of things coming out in the future at your comic shops or online or wherever you like to get your comics. We'll be right back after this. It is that time again. The new comics are coming out. Well, they're not coming out yet. We're being told about them a few months before they come out. But if you want to get your pre-orders in or anything like that, here's a variety of new runs and whatever I felt like highlighting from catalogs and websites of things that I see coming out in the future. So check these out. If you find something you like, get it pre-ordered through your local comic shop or wherever you buy comics or pre-order online and save yourself a little bit of cash. Or you can wait a few months till the things come out and you can buy them once they come out in stores or online. But let's start talking about what we got coming up. Starting out with 10,000 Disasters of Dort, trade paperback by Rebellion. The aliens from Dort have lost their world, and now they want Earth. It is the year 2000. In 50 years' time, 
the planet Dort will collide with its sun and be destroyed. Rata, the dictator of Dort, has chosen Earth as a new home for his people. But first, he is creating 10,000 disasters to wipe out all human life. Only Britain's best scientist, Professor Mike Dauntless, has the mind and spirit to stop Rata from destroying humankind. They always want our planet. (laughs) It's like 10,000 disasters, really? You need to do that many disasters to wipe us out? I think all you need to do is a couple disasters and you could wipe us out. I mean, 10,000, that's just a little beyond ridiculous numbers. But, looks like something I might have to check out. We'll see. We got 2AM, Eternal Graphic Novel by Secret Acres. Eric Crossluck Williams captures a decade of nightlife in Toronto's queer community. From basements to backstage to back rooms, collecting 100 event posters from 2012 to 2022, short comic stories and handwritten notes from the author, the organizers, the performers, and the crowd. 2 a.m. Eternal makes a scene until last call. The pandemic prompts a series of posters for canceled events and a pivot to digital events in the days of lockdown before the manic, uneasy reemergence of face-to-face, wall-to-wall living. That doesn't really tell me much of shit. So is it a bunch of short stories and posters and comics surrounding the queer community, I assume? I don't know. don't know what it's about, so I will be passing on that. We do have Animal Castle Volume 2, Number 1, by Ablaze Media. The hit series returns. On the farm, all animals were equal. In the castle, some are more equal than others. Animal Castle Volume 2 picks up shortly after the events of Volume 1, with Miss B trying to convince the animals not to give in to violence. In order to put an end to Silvio's reign at the castle, the dictatorship continues, thanks to the efforts of Miss B and her friends. The animals attempt to remobilize the pacifist movement of the daisies. But Silvio, the bull dictator, is trying to keep them under the hoof to keep his power. Helped by his cruel canine militia, he decides to have the rebellious animals imprisoned in the dungeon. But Miss B and her friends will respond once again with trickery and solidarity. It's like humans aren't big enough pieces of shit. We got to make the animals pieces of shit too. (laughs) I'm not big on the humanization of animals unless it's a fun type of story. But when they focus on the human stories and just put animal form in it, that kind of just bores me. Sorry, I will be taking a lot of drinks this morning because I just woke up, and as you can tell, I'm cheery as hell. So. <laughs> it's 
not finding any comics that are really thrilling me so far. All right, next up, we got Arcade Kings, number one by Image Comics. Miniseries premiere, round one, fight. Writer and artist Dylan Burnett unveils a new prestige comic series, Sensation. Perfect for fans of Invincible and Murder Falcon. Joe, a mysterious new face in Infinity City, has suddenly become the hottest new player at the Roundhouse Arcade. Anyone can challenge him, but no one can win. But Joe's secret past is about to catch up to him when his most formidable challenge yet rolls into town, forcing Joe to combo his powers with a joystick, his fist, and his fighting family legacy. That one sounds fun. Probably because it has Murder Falcon influences. That was by Image Comics. We have Archie Jumbo Comics Digest, number 340. Two brand new stories. First, in Penny Makes Sense, intrepid investigator Penny Parker is on an important case. Find Archie's missing book report. Hey, in Riverdale, anything can be exciting. I'm guessing Hot Dog probably ate it. Then, in Power Pet Peeves, the super teens get word that a handful of supervillains are loose in Riverdale. As the team goes to stop these villains, the power pets tag along unnoticed. But when our teen superheroes come face to face with a villainous bank robber, the power pets leap into action. What's up with all the superpowered pets not getting noticed? <laughs> For one, if you have a pet, you can't help but notice them because they're unconditional love for you. Always wanting to be around you. And then you give them superpowers and you just ignore them like the super pets. I, when I was reading that one story and Superman and Batman and them are all picking on their pets. It's like you have pets that can fly and shoot lasers from their eyes and do all these special things. And you treat them like they're just mindless animals that can barely take a shit without eating the turds. <laughs> what is up with that? I don't understand. It's like work with your critters and have some fun and go on some awesome adventures and save some people along the way. And it's just, hell, if I had a super pet with me, we'd be hanging out all day long just having a blast it's like they just constantly belittle their pets once they get superpowers hopefully hot dog gets some superpowers at least jughead cares about hot dog uh you got archie showcase jumbo digest number 13 by archie comics who doesn't love reading comics archie jughead betty and veronica sure do and they'd like you to meet all the various comic book characters that comprise Riverdale and beyond. From adventures at the comic shop to superheroes run amok, 
This is a fun who's who of classic Archie Comics characters. That one sounds like a fun one because uh, I like watching, checking out the comic book style characters when they superhero and super villain up. You'll see on that one. Then we have Astro and Inez La Novella One Shot by Kex Publishing. The Adorable Misadventures of Astro. Astro? The Jetsons? No, I don't think it's the Jetsons, Astro. A troublemaking pup. Well, it is a pup, and it's named Astro, so it could be Jetsons related. Inez is the human. Astro has no sense of boundaries, and his impatience gets Inez into all kinds of shenanigans. Inez is a hopeless romantic with a slightly dramatic personality. She'll play bingo with your sweet Elbuleta, and then whine about how she was hustled. Don't miss the special incentive cover by fan favorite Lane Lloyd. Yeah, I would not suggest using Astro as the dog's name, because that's just too confusing if you... That's a key name in history, comics history, and I don't like that they did that. There's so many other names you could have used to go with that. Avengers Volume 8, Number 1 by Marvel Comics. Assemble. Jed McKay and Stormbreaker C.F. Villa take the reins of Earth's mightiest heroes. The Star, the Icon, the Witch, the Construct, the God, the Engineer, the King. The world is ever in peril, and a new team of Avengers mobilizes to meet any dangers that dare threaten the planet. But when Terminus attacks, a new and insidious danger rears its head. One that the Avengers know all too well. And one that comes to them in the most dangerous of guises. That of a friend. Alright, we got Betty and Veronica, Friends Forever, Ever, Game On, One Shot, by Archie Comics. A brand new story kicks off this collection of tales, video games, Digital drama and virtual reality realness. In Beglitched, Sabrina joins Betty, Veronica, and the gang for some fun at the Riverdale Arcade. Unbeknownst to her, rival Amber Nightstone, along with her new pals Trick and Treat, arrive on the scene to cause some magical MMORPG mayhem. That's Massive Multiplier. Multiplayer online role-playing game, if you don't know what that MMORPG stands for. But that would be a fun one, I'm sure. I like when they get into those cartoony, gamey stories. They have a bamboo board game by Devere Americas LLC. Eat, pray, love, and cultivate bamboo. 
In bamboo, the players take the role of clans that use the fruits of their labor to care for their families and earn happiness points. It's a game of action management and tile optimization, and it's both deep and accessible. By placing incense offerings in the temple, the players earn the favor of the forest spirits. While at the same time decorating their houses and searching for perfect balance to bring maximum happiness. Don't miss this masterpiece inspired by the universe of Batuco. Interesting sounding game. Next up we have Battle Action number one of five. This is by Rebellion Comics. Battle Action returns with an all-new miniseries of war stories. This first issue sees the return of Johnny Red and his Falcon Squadron hunting down German raiders. Written by Garth Ennis with art by Keith Burns. Also included is a newly penned HMS Nightshade story by John Wagner. A tale focusing on the bonds of friendship forged during naval battles. Drawn by Dan Cornwell, future issues will feature stories by Torun Grandbeck, Chris Burnham, Rob Williams, Dan Evnett, and more. Little message pop-ups. That's a weird one. Something about opening as soon as possible. We'll check it out after I get this segment done. We got a Battlestar Galactic Ships 2004 number one Viper MKLI Starbuck DE ship by Hero Collector. They also have a Battlestar Galactica Ships 2004 number 11 Blood and Chrome Raid by Hero Collector. And a Battlestar Galactica ships 2004 number two Cylon Raider MKL1 ships. So if you miss up, miss those Battlestar Galactica ships, it's the awesome way to get them. They have a decent price tag on. They're not outrageously priced, so you can get them retailed under 30 bucks. That's not bad for a nice little ship that you can have displayed on your shelf. We have Bell, Shape of Fear, from Xenoscope Entertainment. Bell, Annabelle DeMarco's waking world is haunted by the beast that she is sworn to hunt. But when something causes those same creatures to pervade her dreams, she begins to question her own sanity. Now she must fight a battle that she can't dream of winning. But with the help of an uneasy ally, she may be able to wake from this nightmare. Guest starring Sleeping Beauty, 32 pages of content. So Belle and Sleeping Beauty are teaming up. That should be a good story. Those are all pretty strong stories when I do jump on one every now and then. Next up, we got Betty and Veronica, Jumbo Comics Digest, number 314 by Archie Comics. Two brand new stories. First, in Blastmaster's Big Move, 
Captain Hero has received a tip that an evil villain called Blastmaster is planning a big move. But no one knows what it is or when it's going to happen. It's up to Captain Hero to recruit the rest of the super teams, along with a few more heroes to stop this from happening. But how can they stop something if they have no clue what it is? Then, in Evil Is As Evil Does, Fly Girl has thwarted Evil Heart's robbery plans. Or has she? Everyone knows that Reggie's superhero counterpart is equal parts hero and villain. So was he trying to commit a crime or stop one from happening? It's like, are all the stories this month going to have superhero stories in them? They got finally got a superhero book coming out, which I was hoping they would start collecting all the superhero stories and that I'd get it that way. But I have a feeling this book that I talked about earlier isn't going to represent it that way. And in the future, they're going to come out with a whole complete different volumes of all the superhero stories. I guess I'll have to wait for those, but I mean, geez, what happened to all the other stories? Is Are we just focusing on superheroes now? <laughs> uh, so negative. <laughs> uh, speaking of negative, we got Biden's Titans versus AOC cover uh, by Keen Spot Entertainment. I don't know who AOC is. Thanks to the AI-assisted evil doing of billionaire troll Elon Musk, Biden's Titans' most valued teammate, AOC, has abandoned the supergroup. In this new dark world, AOKS reigns. Sides are being chosen. Which one will Bernie pick? The Biden's Titans saga heads into the civil war of stupidity in this shocking fifth chapter. Includes bonus pull-out poster. And now they're belittling Elon Musk. Trying to make Biden look like a superhero. Come on. I can barely stand on his own at the podium. We should get a president that's at least 95 because that only makes sense. You get these old ones like Putin and they just want to go off and start wars because they missed their early days of murder and mayhem. All right, we got Bloody Parts number one by American Mythology. Did you ever want to change everything about you? Quinn is the perfect subject. Unhappy with their body's limitations, addicted to prosthetics, they would do anything to become perfect. And Dr. Taurisian, head of Trebella's Project Changeling, is about to oblige. So get ready for a bloody tale of sci-fi themed carnage and cybernetically assisted psychosis in full living color. This incredible story is about to open up into a whole new world when the long-lost hero, Agent 79, is called out of retirement to try to stop Quinn's rampage. It's old school versus new school when an obsolete relic has to stop a cutting-edge nightmare. Parts 
was originally serialized in American Mythology Monsters. This issue is fully colored for the first time and includes a brand new chapter. I don't remember seeing that in American Mythology before. We might have talked about it, but I'm not sure. We got Buffy the Last Vampire Slayer, Lost Summer number one, one shot by Boom Studios. I love the cover of this. It's old school. Car on there at the gas station with that kind of Pops Diner style feel to that gas station, the old style. 70s, 80s retro. Spike is determined to keep the last copy of his embarrassing poetry from being discovered, sending Buffy and the Scooby Gang on a full supernatural goose chase to New Orleans to cover his tracks. At an antiques fair, the group is fascinated by the casket girls' clothes on display. When Dawn utters a wish she most likely should have kept to herself, the gang gains a first-hand account of the sisters' identities beyond what they could have imagined. Buffy, the last Vampire Slayer writer, Casey Gilly, is joined by Golden Rage artist Lauren Knight, bringing fans a historically fun and frightful one-shot to sink their fangs into. I don't know, I kind of want to get it, but it also sounds like it's more of Willow. Than Buffy, so I don't know. We'll see. I just got burnt out on that whole Willie Willow being a Slayer line, and that kind of like ruined me for a while. Yeah, Capable Number One by Advent Comics. I like that they're finally starting to bring some of these out. Yeah, Derek Davidson is just an average high school kid. He's awake. He's awkward, shy, bullied, and he uses a wheelchair. But one day, Derek suddenly has the ability to run super fast. What will Derek do with his new power? And what happens when more people wake up capable? And they've been talking about doing these capable comics and relatable style comics. And start bringing some attention to... Others out there that don't get much attention anywhere. But, yeah, I like that they're finally doing it. See how it goes. I'll be picking that one up. I will support the capable comics or anything like that if I can. We have Carnage. It's like, actually, one thing I'd really like to see is it's like I follow some of the Groups that go to children's hospitals, and I do have one that I follow that they do. The Critical Care Comics group, I believe, has a couple comics that they have put together out there. But I'd like to see more of those groups make their own little capable style comics, and that they could sit there and collaborate with the kids at the hospitals, and. Possibly have the kids do some drawing or writing to go towards the stories. I think that would be fun. But 
Let's see what the future has to offer. Uh, Carnage Reigns Alpha number one one shot by Marvel Comics. Looks like this is a one shot, but but it also says Carnage Reigns Part One, so it's going to be part of a some bigger storyline. I'm assuming Carnage vs Miles Morales. Cletus Cassidy is back and better than ever, with his soul trapped within the Extrembiot Extrembiot armor created by Tony Stark during King and Black. Cletus has the means to level an untold amount of chaos. And, well, carnage on New York City and the entire Marvel Universe. But like any good Tony Stark invention, the extremists cursing through Cletus's symbiotic veins needs power, and that means Cletus is hungry. Good thing Brooklyn's very own Spider-Man is there to stand in his way. If he survives their first encounter, that is. Yeah, I don't see a problem for Cletus to take down Miles Morales. (laughs) And Cletus has survived through so much stuff already. How many times now in the past year have we heard that Carnage was done for. I like the Carnage character. I like all the symbiote style storylines and stuff. But yeah. It's like eventually. Either actually take them out or don't. (laughs) Uh, You got Catfight number one by IDW Publishing. John Wick meets Kill Bill meets Cats. Felix lives a life of high fashion and indulgence. Sure, he steals to get it, but he gets it on his own, nonetheless. When a mysterious character by the name of Schrodinger threatens Felix's only surviving family member in an attempt to recruit him into a crime syndicate, Felix is sent on a globe-trotting game of cat and mouse in a heightened, world of colorful criminal masterminds. It's... I'm not sure who the characters are. Is it the cats or is it the people? (laughs) Okay, let's do... Yeah, we got time for another one yet. Katrina's Caravan number one by Scout Comics. Chispa, the mysterious figure of Donna Katrina, sweeps into a small town with her traveling carnival and tells a gathered crowd a dark tale. A father and son are captured by a group of militiamen who use terror to patrol, patrol the border. At their darkest moment, the refugees find a fierce ally, but can they truly trust a monster once it has killed the other monsters? I don't know. Looks like some gypsy lore. Could be interesting. And then they have a Chainsaw Man 8-inch Man Pochita Smile number 1 plush by Great Eastern Entertainment. The dog with the chainsaw coming out of his head and the handle to carry him around in. And they have a Chainsaw Man Art FX J statue from Koto by Bukaya. 
and a Chainsaw Man key visuals SS wall scroll from Great Eastern Entertainment, and a Chainsaw Man teaser art notebook, and a Chainsaw Man visual number throw blanket, both from Great Eastern Entertainment, and a wall scroll. They, it Chainsaw Man is a ton of fun. If you haven't checked it out, it's on Hulu, I believe. And then you can get the graphic novels. If you can get your hands on them. I got volume two. They never sent me volume one. But, but I'm out of time here. So I'll get back with more goodies in a bit. All right. Back to the goodies to buy in the future. We got Chilling Adventures Jinx Cursed Life One Shot. By Archie Comics. Jinx Holiday is a firecracker and a firestarter. Destruction always follows in her wake. And sometimes weirdos stop her and talk about her destiny. It's all combined to create quite the aura of mystery around a 14-year-old girl who just wants some pizza rolls. And while her soul might belong to Satan, her heart belongs to the electric guitar. But one day when Archie and company come looking for her help because Jughead is acting weird, Jinx and her BFF Donnie embark on a mission to exercise Jughead. It's the two BFFs versus Satan for the good of humanity, or at very least, for Jinx to be free to be normal, be a normal 14-year-old girl, who just happens to dabble in necromancy and rock and roll. That should be a good one. Those have been a lot of fun, those chilling adventure stories. Yeah, CIH presents Aversions one-shot. I gotta do, do some rearranging quick here. Hang on. Like I can barely see the screen to read it. My chair is too far back. All right, this is by Ardbart Banaheim. Aversions disassemble. The rallying cry of the hottest new super team in comics. Borderline Bobbly the costume. Spider whore. Cerebus. Giant. Stupid. Dante. The classic lineup that probably won't be seen again until the Hollywood summer blockbuster three decades from now, where they'll all pretty be pretty much unrecognizable. Get all four origins and their first adventure under one cover, who they are and how they came to be. It begins here, because every super team needs to start somewhere before the publisher starts dicking around with the lineup to give even more lame characters a sales joint in their own books. It's like, did they ever do any original stories with this character? Or are they just the Cerebus character? Or do they just parody everything? So I really would like to talk to someone that's into that comic. I just can't get it. <laughs> but if I had a guess, the same person would be in the Spider-Pig. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. I don't know what I got against pigs. <laughs> I don't like talking pigs in my comics. All right, we got City Boy number one by DC Comics. First seen in Wildstorm's 30th anniversary special and Lazarus Planet, Legends Reborn, there's a new Korean hero named City Boy. Or at least, that's the best translation of what the cities call him. City Boy, a.k.a. Cameron Kim, is just trying to make a living by using his powers of being able to speak to cities to find lost and hidden goods to pawn. And it's only just enough to get by. And those abilities mean he hears everything everywhere all the time including each city's histories and the truths behind them. It's very loud in his head and something he has to live with. As his powers get stronger, the cities start forming animal avatars from scraps in order to physically travel alongside him on his adventures. Of course, Gotham is a rat avatar made of city scraps, but what about Metropolis? Bloodhaven, Amnesty Bay, or even Themsira. And not all cities are so kind. Yeah. That doesn't... Doesn't grab my goat. Cold Iron Trade Paperback by Dark Horse Comics. Celtic Folklore and modern Moxie collide as an ancient pact between worlds is broken. The sinister forces of fairy have slipped their shackles, and the black dog walks abroad this night. On the rural Isle of Man, aspiring singer-songwriter Kay Ferrer dreams of escaping her humdrum life, but she's about to get more than she bargained for, and some bargains are not to be trusted. Cold Iron is Supernatural Thriller from Andy Daigle and Nick Brokenshire. Collects Cold Iron number one to four. Okay, we got Cover of Darkness, Femme Femme Fatales by SourcePoint Press. Sourcepoint Press proudly presents four gruesome tales set in the Cover of Darkness universe. Uncover the twisted, reimagined origin story of Bloody Mary, the Invisible Woman, the Bride, and the Phantom of the Opera. Featuring uncanny art by Nat Jones, Vince El Tabanis, and the debuts of two incredible new talents, Colin Turnbull and Ty Peterson. I really enjoyed the other Cover of Darkness book that I reviewed not long ago, so I will probably check that one out too. I wish they'd show a cover, but I do get my previews of things to come earlier than than they have time to put some things out, so I miss out on certain things sometimes until I go through it a second time. We have Cult of Carnage Misery number one by Marvel Comics. Death and Destruction Return Home. 
Liz Allen is the mother of Normie Osborne, who she is blissfully unaware is the all-new and all-deadly Red Goblin. But what Liz does know is that the Red Goblin has been active and has been seen very close to her home. And after her late husband's father, Norman Osborne, maybe you've heard of him, gets pulled into the chaos and violence swirling around Normie, Liz has no choice but to use the resources at her disposal as the head of the Alchemax to take matters into her own hands and become something the Marvel Universe has never seen before. Another new Carnage character is what they should have done instead of keep bringing Cletus back. Even though I like the Cletus character, but if you're gonna kill stuff off, leave it killed off and quit bringing it back. <laughs> if you're gonna keep bringing all these new characters in the world, I don't think we need to keep bringing back the old ones. You kill if you're gonna kill something off, just leave it be and try your new characters and see where they go. If they don't go anywhere, then you can bring your old characters back in the future. But, <clears throat> At Cyborg Volume 3, Number 1, by DC Comics. When a family emergency brings Cyborg back home to Detroit, Victor Stone surprisingly finds himself enjoying his return to the simpler life, where everybody sees him for who he really is, and always was, rather than as a larger-than-life superhero. It's been a while since Vic's been able to lower his guard and seek a purpose outside of being cyborg 24-7. But a lot has changed in Detroit while Victor's been away. An aggressive new company is turning the Motor City into an overclocked engine for revolutionary artificial intelligence. And no one knows better than Cyborg that technological transformation always comes at a steep human price. I just, cyborg character I tried to get into. I just, I mean, the whole Doom Patrol crossover and everything just kind of ruined them for me. It's just got too much damn anger. I don't care for that in my characters or my comics or my world. I'm tired of argumentable jackasses all over the place. And I just, then he kill his mom and beats the shit out of his dad and is constantly fighting with everybody he knows. Just, yeah. Don't need you in this world. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, Danny Ketch, Ghost Rider, number one by Marvel Comics. It's like Ghost Rider was such a cool character back in the day. <laughs> and they have gotten so ridiculously stupid looking with the motorcycles ever since the blaze cycle it's like yeah the nice awesome harley look to it the old school now everything every bike that they come up with is some futuristic i don't know looks like a dirt track racer flat track racer or something like that it's like stick with the old school there should be a Ghost Rider on an old Triumph, a Ghost Rider on an old Indian, a Ghost Rider on a 
big black Harley knucklehead or something like that. It's like they got flames and chains. They don't need aerodynamic motorcycles to go with it. I mean, have some class. Class it up, people. All right, Danny catches back. Flashback to a time when innocent blood was spilled. A spirit of vengeance was born, and Danny Ketch found himself transformed into the Ghost Rider. A gang war is breaking out across New York City, with Ghost Rider caught in the middle. But if it's just rival gangs killing each other, does Ghost Rider need to get involved? Join us for an untold tale written by Danny Ketch co-creator Howard Mackey and artist Daniel Picciotto. Picciotto. Yeah, I've tried to love the Ghost Riders comics, but every time I read them, they just don't pull me in. It's been a couple that I kept in my collection that were somewhat enjoyable, but yeah. They were Johnny Blaze versions, of course. All right, we got Daredevil and Echo number one. By Marvel Comics. Something stirs beneath Hell's Kitchen. For months, the bloodthirsty and demonic Demogoblin Demogoblin, has been kidnapping children for reasons unknown. In this series, Daredevil and Echo discover why, as Demogoblin works to wake an ancient and powerful evil deep within the bowels of the city. Reunited at last with Echo, herself fresh from a brief time as the host of the Phoenix Force, it fails, it falls to Daredevil to stop Demogoblin and save not only the children, but everyone in New York. So I don't know who this Echo character is, but... We'll have to find out. Alright, next up, we got Dark Spaces, Good Deeds, number one, by IDW Publishing. Scott Snyder's Dark Spaces anthology line returns with an all-new story and creative team in search of a fresh start. Teenager Cheyenne Collins and her mother, Rebecca, move to St. Augustine, Florida, where they cross paths with Jean McKnight a disgraced big city journalist determined to pay her dues and rebuild her career. Starting with a fluff piece on the town's upcoming 450th anniversary collection or celebration, when the quaint community's festivities give way to bloodshed and Cheyenne is the sole witness, Jean begins an investigation and the women find themselves at the heart of a supernatural conspiracy linked to St. Augustine's colonial past. Together, they vow to expose the town's historical sins. But the deeper Jean digs, the less clear it becomes. Who is Cheyenne Collins, and when does a quest for truth become a thirst for vengeance? Rising talents Shay Grayson and Kelsey Ramsey Team up for an eerie historical thriller about obsession, power, and redemption in dark spaces, good deeds. 
Yeah. Not grabbing me. When they have those really long storylines, either it's a very word-heavy book that will make me fall asleep, <laughs> or they're trying to make up for <laughs> what the story is lacking, maybe. I don't know. It just That one just didn't pop out at me. All right, we got Dark Spaces Wildfire Trade Paperback by IDW Publishing. Legendary writer Scott Snyder presents Dark Spaces, a thrilling new anthology series exploring our deepest fears of the unknown. Six weeks into the slow burn of the historic Arroyo Fire, a crew of women from an inmate firefighting program are risking everything on the front lines when their newest recruit, a white-collar convict with a deep network of shady dealing, dealers, discovers their mere miles from her crooked former associate's abandoned mansion. When she proposes a plan to abandon their duties and hunt for riches under cover of smoke and ash, the team must decide if they're ready to jeopardize their one sure path back to normalcy for a shot at a score that would truly change their lives. But is this a flicker of fortune or a deadly trap? Uh, I worked around the wildfires in Montana, and it's a whole new freaking world. And if you're sitting there putting criminals out there to fight fires for you, that's just stupidity. Make them clean up the sides of the roads. Make them clean up towns. Make them do field work and stuff like that. But don't give them the opportunity to work in forest fires or anything that they could escape from or use to harm other people. I mean, that's just sheer stupidity. I, this is like the second story that I've seen in the past few months that was based on firefighters being prisoners. And I don't, that's just, yeah, that don't make sense. I mean, why would you give prisoners any opportunity to be around anything that could harm somebody else? You could, they could easily send the fire a certain way. They could be a threat to certain towns, certain people. Of course, they're going to know of things out in the wilderness that they might be able to go and find. And I've been around the militias in the big open wilderness areas, and you'd be amazed what's up in those mountains and what you'll find and who you'll find and who comes popping out once every few months from the woods that you didn't even know was there. It's like, yeah, that's just ignorance beyond belief if you're going to take prisoners and use them to fight fires but dead by daylight number one by titan comics prequel comic based on the best-selling horror game dead by daylight i don't know is it really the best-selling horror game i mean i played it didn't really care for it i'll take dead space over that a million times. <laughs> I'll take Resident Evil over that. You're telling me that's the best selling? I don't think so. I want to see numbers. Readers can unlock an exclusive in-game charm using the unique code found inside the comic. When the rebellious Frank crashes into the lives of Jolie, Joey, and Susie, together they'll unleash bloody chaos onto the sleepy dead-end town of Ormond. Witness the terrifying origins of the Legion. 
I mean, it's a great one to base a story on, but don't tell me it's the best selling. There's no way. No way. And I know it did get enough acclaim that they started bringing in all the horror characters and all that for extra characters you could buy and add on and all that stuff. But still, I do not see how that could be the best selling. Actually, even when I had Game Pass and tried to play it, I had to wait a lot of times to have enough players to play it. Which, if it's best selling, it should instantly load and take off. <laughs> All right. We got Demon Wars Scarlet Sin number one, one shot by Marvel Comics. The Yokai are at war, and Mariko Yoshida, descendant of the Oni King, has to choose a side. The fates of the spirit world and the human world hang in the balance. But things just got complicated thanks to the appearance of a mysterious yokai with incredible power. This yokai has a scheme of her own, and she wants to paint the world scarlet. You can't afford to miss the cataclysmic conclusion of Peach Momoko's epic Demon Wars saga. The Demon Wars... Storylines, the few that I've picked up were very enjoyable. I am going to have to get this one if it's going to be the final, the finalization of the saga itself. But yeah, that's been a great story to follow along with. If you haven't checked it out, I suggest if you see it, pick it up. If you like those type of storylines and you got the wonderful art of Peach Momoko with it. Yeah, that was, that's a good run to check out. Next, we got Destiny New York Mystic Mafia number one. This is by Black Mask Comics. Lilith Aberdeen is the last surviving daughter of a mystical crime family. She has spent her whole life running from her past, but now those old demons are finally catching up to her. She thought she was meant to be with former Prophecy Girl, Logan McBride, but life has pulled them apart. Now, with Lilith in New York and Logan in California, will Destiny Destiny reunite them or drive them further apart? From writer Pat Shand and artist Alyssa Ramboli. This series will plunge you deep into the mystical world of Destiny, New York. A world just like ours, except magic is commonplace. Magic's magic. You can take magic and you can put it in a time portal and send that time portal back to the beginning of time and Leave all that shit behind. <laughs> and Disney, once they get, they start making a few pennies, they'll devour it until it's sucked dry. So they're going to keep coming out with different comics since the Darkwing Duck and the Gargoyles, the two most popular ones, apparently had a good showing. Because Disney's continuing on with more other series. All with a million different covers. Just gouge and gouge and gouge. Just suck your 
suck your fans dry. Make sure they have no money to ever come back to Disneyland or Disney World or ever enjoy anything again in their life. Just keep draining them dry. <laughs> I'm curious, once they start bringing these trades out, are they going to have, like most trades and have every cover, they're going to have to have one book that just shows the covers. And then one book that has the storylines in it. But we got Disney Villains, Maleficence, or Maleficent, number one, by Dynamite Entertainment. Disney and Dynamite proudly present Maleficent, queen of the Forbidden Mountain. Her realm is shrouded in darkness and evil, and full of things that go bump in the night. Her soul is cold, hardened by a lifetime of small-minded wanderers seeking to steal her powers to satisfy their mortal greed. Her patience wears thin, her mystical might grows. It is a matter only of time before she descends the mountain and unleashes her horrible magics upon the powerless people below. A stunning vision of villainy from writer and artist Sue Lee. That one, I never cared for that character, so I did enjoy the Darkwing Duck and the Gargoyles series so far, but I only got the first couple. Just, they had so many damn covers, it just kind of burns you out looking through them sometimes. Uh, Don't Avert Your Eyes, number one, by Black Mask Comics. I don't remember hearing of Black Mask Comics, and now I keep hearing that name. Uh, from Maria Lovett and P- Patrick Kinlan, celebrity socialite Reno Saletti doesn't believe in very much beyond Instagram comments, hipster drugs, and a flash of paparazzi cameras. So when a friend invites her to an eyes wide shut type party, she goes along along mostly for the lulz for the lulz, L-U-L-Z. But the joke doesn't feel as funny when she realizes it's an actual occult ritual. And suddenly she's seeing things. Horrifying apparitions trying to warn her. Run. Um, The story concept launched Reno into 2017's beloved erotic horror series, There's Nothing There. And it also launched Maria Lovett and Patrick Kinlan into the American comics market. Now, five years later, Lovett and Kinlan are returning to the world of There's Nothing There with new collaborators Valentina Pinti, Simone Salikia, Andy Duggan, Jasmine Darnell, Kelsey Jo Silva, and variant cover magic maker Leroux for Don't Avert Your Eyes, a brand new story set in a strange world of high fashion, low morale, morals, and demonic dementia. Yeah. Not for me. All right. I can do, I think we're just going to stop her there. And we'll get back with more sometime soon.